us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of these, your faithful, gathered here out of love for you. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My uh, father's mother's name was Mary Cornelia Hudson. Papa Hutt's mom, for those of you that know my family. And she was the quintessential grandmother. She was short. She was round. She had gray hair with a tint of blue. <laughs> she cooked fried chicken on Sunday afternoons for lunch and always burned the biscuits. And she talked out loud to herself. With nobody else around, she would tell herself about the groceries or, or what the dog was doing or what she needed to do next. And we would laugh at her. Oh, my God, we would laugh at her for talking to herself. Oh, my God. And now, well, I must confess, I'm talking out loud to myself, too. <laughs> the older I get, the more I do that. And while that's funny, I wonder how many of us are talking to ourselves non-stop, constantly, internally, in overdrive. Our brains are going, 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 going. And if that is so, how can we possibly hear the voice of God or the voice of Jesus, the risen Christ, or the Holy Spirit? How can how we... How, how can we hear that if that's where our brains are? In our scripture reading today, Jesus speaks in beautifully poetic language. And that language probably feels very unfamiliar to us. Um, it's metaphorical language. And it is what the gospel writer of the Gospel of John does throughout all of that gospel but especially here. And, you know, we're not familiar with the language of shepherds, sheep, gatekeepers. I mean, really, when was the last time you were around a sheep? At a children's petting zoo at Christmas, probably, right? Or something like that. So we, this, this, this kind of goes right, blows right past us. Jesus explains that there are many false shepherds who have only their own interests in mind, thieves and bandits, sheep rustlers, who will exploit the flock, or, in any case, will abandon them when the wolves come around. The picture kind of comes more into focus now. But the true shepherd will truly care for the sheep. By day, will lead them out into pasture, by night, we'll lead them back into an enclosed, safe area. I mean, think of your own pets. I mean, we let them out to run and to play, and we make sure they get back in the gate, in the enclosed area or into our homes. We make sure of that. Or when we're growing up, you know how it went. We'd be out in El Campo, Texas, running up and down Avenue I with abandon, and playing kick the can and every other kind of mischief we could get ourselves into. And then night would begin to fall and we would hear throughout the neighborhood, 
Okay, come on home. Dinner time. Joe Gale, you get on back here now. <laughs> Don't be running off down the street. And, and we heard all, I mean, Ms. Hill, Ms. Hurd, Mama Joe, all of them yelling out. And you know what? We weren't confused at all about who was calling us. We knew. We recognized. They didn't actually even have to say, my mama didn't even have to say Joe Gill. I knew her voice. Absolutely knew her voice. I just knew that when she said Joe Gale, I was in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> this is the voice calling. And Jesus says, the voice is calling to you. And the sheep recognizes, can recognize the voice of the shepherd. You see, Jesus initially identifies himself, and by the way, identifies himself with several metaphors in this story, but initially identifies himself with the gate, and ultimately with the good shepherd, who enters by the gate and whose voice the sheep will follow. In fact, here's a shepherd who works not for the sake of what the sheep might bring to him, wool, mutton for food, but rather for the sake of the sheep themselves, flourishing, thriving, living. This morning, the reading that we heard came from the message, a paraphrase by Reverend Eugene Peterson, a paraphrase of the Bible, and so we get a more contemporary sounding, something we can hear a little better. But what we most usually hear at the end of this passage is, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. This is the language that's a little bit more familiar to most of us, that we might have life and that we might have it not just to exist, but have it abundantly. Jesus um, crystallizes his mission here. I came, this is my purpose, to care for the sheep. In this way, Jesus casts faith as a form of experiential, relational love and trust. It's not about a God far, far away. It's not a theological concept. It's about relationship, love and trust. And is at the heart of it is an open invitation not an exclusion. Now, a lot of pastors will preach about this passage and say, well, you know, only certain sheep get in. Other sheep get left out. A lot of pastors preach that way. I don't think for a minute that's what the passage is about. I think it's about the expansive, radical inclusion of all God's children. Uh, it's an open invitation, not an exclusion. And in Jesus, the good shepherd, shepherd's teaching uh, just a few verses after this we will hear Jesus say I have other sheep they do not belong to this fold we're the other sheep folks <laughs> Jesus is a Jewish rabbi 
And he could just be talking about the people of Israel, but he's not. He says, I have other sheep who are not of this fold, and that includes all the people not of this fold. That includes the people that are not of this fold, the new church, Kiazanova, United Church of Christ. It is all of God's children. So we dare not put limits, religious or otherwise, on God's expansive love and care. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We still have false shepherds, right? The, and I'm going to tell you who they are. I'm not actually going to name anybody. <laughs> there are other voices that trivialize relationships, that demean others, that yell and scream with angry voices, fearful voices, always lifting up why we should be afraid of others, especially those who are different than we are. But those are not the words of the promise of Jesus. Jesus tells us that while the thief comes to steal, I have come that you may have life abundant. And, in fact, I will tell you, that is always the message. When Jesus speaks, it is always the voice of abundant life. So Jesus, the revelation of God, who shows us what God's love looks like in human form, is the shepherding one the gathering one, the living one, in whom we live abundantly, and that is Jesus' wish for us. It doesn't mean that we're going to be free of challenges, free of heartbreak, free of disappointment. That's not what it means at all, but it means that there is always this continual move toward abundant living, that we deal with our challenges and, and begin to reach for light. Here is the key. Jesus speaks of hearing the shepherd's voice. And so you may ask, how is that supposed to work exactly? You know, after all, people who say they hear the voice of God often wind up in a mental institution. Right? So let's go back to the beginning question I asked. How can we hear the voice of God if our brains are constantly running in overdrive, talking to ourselves out loud or internally? Father Richard Rohr, who is Franciscan and a, a Catholic priest, says, we need forms of prayer and, that free us from fixating on our own conscious thoughts and feelings and from identifying with them as if all we are is our thinking. If we are filled with ourselves, there is no room for another and certainly not for God. And so he goes on and says, we need contemplative prayer in which we simply let go of our constantly changing ego needs so something eternal can take over. And I love that, and I love Father Richard Rohr, but I am not a contemplative. <laughs> I'm a person that thinks a lot, talks a lot, you know, always, always, always. Got a lot to say. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'll, I confess that. I, I'm not a contemplative. But I have found ways to help my brain settle down, like walking a labyrinth or going to my Tai Chi class, waking up and offering a moment of silence and, the and thanking God for the day, and working in my, with my flowers and in our flower beds and with my plants. You want to go deeper into an experience of God by whatever name you understand what is holy, divine, and eternal in, in creation? Or as Christians might ask, how can I learn what the voice of Jesus sounds like? Well. Try being silent for a while. 
It doesn't take a lot of time, just a little bit each day. Listen for the voice of God, of Jesus, or whomever speaks that has meaning for you, real, authentic meaning. And, and for Christians, a lot of that is found in our scriptures. If you want to know what Jesus' voice sounds like, then read the scriptures and get a sense of the rhythm of what Jesus is saying. Or find a book or a poem or something that speaks to your innermost soul. I mean, it can be a poem. It can be fiction. It can be nonfiction. I mean, read um, The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. I lift it up to you. It, it is among the most inspirational books I have ever read. You want to know how Jesus or how God or how all that is holy speaks? Then find that language that speaks to your heart. So the Holy Spirit teaches us when we are with others, like right now. You know, I mean, how can you sit through that baptism of that little orange-headed boy and not be moved deeply by what we're doing? And it's all symbolic. It's all... Uh, well, it's more than symbolic. Something happens in the water, you know, and in the blessings. And it happens not just to him, but to all of us who are gathered here. And we hear the echoes of the risen Jesus, the eternal and divine one, in others who are different than we are, who pray differently, who speak differently, who look differently, who are others who love extravagantly as we seek to love and they tell us the truth and even through the voices of the poorest of the poor practice listening it's one of the real lost arts of humanity these days to listen carefully with an open heart and mind and remember that the voice of Jesus keeps talking about forgiveness and mercy, self-giving, faithfulness and truth, and about life. This is the message of Jesus. And in fact, it is the message of all great benevolent faiths, that they speak of life. They speak of love. Even before he was born, Shepherd Haziah heard the voice of his mother. And her voice will be the voice that will pierce through the clamor of the world. Equally, shepherd's voice will be the voice she hears and recognizes and responds to, no matter how many children are yelling and screaming or clamoring for attention. She will hear his voice. And the voices they hear of each other are because of the experiential and loving relationship they share. And I might add that for those that don't have that, don't have a mother or father that are there with them in all things, they have people, they have us, who will love and care for them in their most desperate times, reminding them about abundant life. Voices because of a relationship they share. Voices for each other that are life-giving. My mom, Mama Jo, died in August of 2012. It's been 11 years. 
And sometimes I have waking dreams or a nighttime dream when I hear my mom call my name. I hear her voice say, Joe Gale. Or sometimes she just says, Joe. I should maybe think about that. <laughs> I will never not know her voice. But the question is, can we hear even a greater voice that loves us like that and even more? Can we hear that? We got a talker back there. <laughs> After all, this is a voice who created us, breathes life into us, and loves us from this life into the next. So can you? Can you stop for a moment and silence the voices in your head and heart? Can you turn from the voices of the false shepherds who want you to be afraid of others and even of life itself? Can you listen, really listen? Can you recognize the voice of the shepherd by whatever name you call that voice, holy and divine, and who will always invite us into abundant life? Let's stop, let's turn, let's listen so that we have the paradoxical opportunity to, even in the midst of the trials and challenges of our life, have life and have it abundantly. Because, my friends, this is what it means to be made new. Thanks be to God. Amen.